This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Hello, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good. Just having like a retro gaming session here <laughs> this evening. <laughs> that sounds brilliant. <laughs> what games were you playing? Um, Banjo-Kazooie and Mario 64. I don't know Banjo-Kazooie, but... Uh, it's kind of like know. Mario, but you play with a bear or with a bird in his backpack instead of, well, Mario. It's brilliant. That um, sounds fun. Charlie was up here rustling around in... I guess you could call it the office room. It's kind of an office, kind of a spare room. Um, yeah. And I was doing some stuff up here, sorting something out. And um, yeah, he was rustling around on the other side and he was like, what's this? And I was like, oh, that's my old Nintendo 64. He's like, oh, Charlie, turn it on. I was like, oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if it will turn on, but <laughs> we can try it. So I managed, <laughs> by some miracle, I found the power supply for it. And the VGA output on the N64 was the same as the GameCube. So... Yeah. What I did, I had my old GameCube lead, which went straight into SCART. So I thought, hmm, maybe it'll work. Plugged it in, um, went straight into SCART, no problem at all. So yeah, got a fully working N64, which is awesome. Brilliant. I mean, I've got GoldenEye, but I figured probably um, probably shouldn't put that on for him, seeing as he's only two. Yeah, leave, leave that a while. Uh- <laughs> yeah, maybe hold off on the, on the shooting people in the face kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, he, he seems to... Uh, I mean, you can't, you can't really play play the games, but he just enjoys pressing the buttons and seeing Mario jump, essentially, even if it is just in one place. Yeah, but but what a testament to Nintendo, right? Um, you know, the machine still still works. You booted it up and off it goes. Uh, and the games themselves are much more friendly for children in general. I mean, like Golden Knight to one side. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's That's really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Like he has, he can't. For for one thing, his hands are quite small, so he can't really grip onto the joystick. Um, he kind of can, but I think he, he just struggles. He hasn't got like the fidelity to actually. He had like Mario running around in a circle because obviously he pressed and held it in one position. Yeah, but but I, I don't think he because it's quite weird, isn't it? Because the the direction that Mario travels is relative to the direction that he's facing into the view of the camera. Yes. Because so if if you've got Mario, if somehow the camera view is so that Mario is facing you, so looking at you, then to make him walk forward in Mario's direction of travel relative to Mario the character, you have to press the down app, pull the joystick down. Yeah. So that yeah that that is just um, it's yeah, an extra desk. level of thinking. Yeah. Yeah, he's just not there yet with it at all. Um, although interestingly, this has spurred like a whole retro gaming thing with me. So I've downloaded Open Emu. Have you ever used that before? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've got that installed with some um, some classic ROMs. And, of course, I forgot. I've actually got the, the Nimbus SteelSeries controller for the um, Apple TV. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's a MFI one, right? Yeah, that's it. And it also works out that if you plug it in via a lightning cable into USB onto the Mac, um, OpenEMU just sees it and treats it like a controller, which is awesome. So... Um, just been playing around with that now. That he does get a little bit more, actually. So we've just played a little bit of Sonic. Again, he struggles to grip the controller just because he's you know, got really small hands. He's only two. But I think towards the end, he was starting to grasp that if I press this button, Sonic runs to the right side of the screen. <laughs> and if I stop and press the other button, you'll go the other way. 
Yeah. And obviously all three buttons A, B, C on the Mega Drive controller that I've mapped to the Steel Series, whatever button you press, Sonic just jumps. So right. it's it's kind of quite simple. Though, no matter what button I press on the other side of the controller, Sonic jumps. So I think that's probably where he's likely to get more out of it, if anything. That's I'm thinking, is he too young to even be exposing him to any of this stuff? Like, is it oh. sort of sowing the seeds of bad things to come? Nah, some some of those sort of games, like I mean, as long as you're playing them with him, um, I I can't see that that will be problematic, right? You're steering away from anything too violent or anything like that, and if you're there to sort of talk about anything that that manages to make him jump or whatever, I can't really see it's that bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sonic's fairly, uh, it, yeah, fairly all right. I think just essentially running and. Jumping on these little robot things that go pop, which is fairly harmless in in, in my view, anyway. Um, yeah, no. and it's it's father son, father son stuff, right? You're chilling out together and both playing games. That's that's quite cool. Yeah, it kind of made me think. I kind of not obviously wishing time away, but I kind of think, wow, it's going to be awesome when he's like older and he can actually play a game almost competitively yeah. against each other and stuff and have a bit of fun in that regard. It's going to be cool when the kids. Was, was sort of similar ages. Um, ben was able to play with me um, on the... Uh, it was a PlayStation 3 that we had at that time, um, I think, or a PS2. I can't remember now. We were playing a couple of games together anyway, um, and um youngest one really, really wanted to join in. We had an extra controller, and so at one stage he was so little, we gave him the extra controller and we didn't connect it to the to the uh, machine. <laughs> That's quite clever. But then I suppose he probably thought, oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he thought he was controlling it, um, and it let him sort of join in without his big brother getting upset that the stuff was sort of getting messed up by the, the little one. Um, That's and we just idea. all used to sit together, yeah. I, yeah, still kind of blown away that the N64 did actually boot up. Um I mean, it's absolutely caked in dust. I thought there's no way this is going to turn on, but yeah, lo and behold, it did. There was a couple of times where it just didn't come on. I was like, oh, okay, it obviously is busted. Um, I just flicked the power switch again and on it came. So I don't know how long it's going to remain working for if it's got little sort of gremlins like that creeping into it. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I had a a Dreamcast that had a very similar sort of thing. I bought the Dreamcast secondhand. I I never managed to get one uh, sort of first time around. But I really, really wanted one at the time. And then maybe sort of four or five years later, um, grabbed one off eBay. Um, but yeah, that developed a similar sort of thing. It would last for sort of 20, 30 minutes and then kind of cycle. Right. Um, and it would just wouldn't come out of that cycle. It must have been something blown on the board or some sort of capacitor problem or something. Um, but yeah, so, so you just have to sort of leave it off for half a day or whatever and then come back. Uh, but yeah, that that stayed in the UK when we left. Um, it just yeah, I never had the Dreamcast. Remember, like really quite wanting one at one point, but I kind of kept telling myself, "You got to hold out for the PS2, hold out for the PS2." So, <laughs> kind of did. I mean, not that I was in a position to just buy a Dreamcast anyway. I mean, like I was a kid, I didn't have any money. I had to wait for basically Christmas to roll around or whatever. Yeah, kind of pray that the PS2 would be out by that point. I remember the piracy with the Dreamcast. That's the thing I really remember. Uh, like everybody I knew that had one, 
about maybe six months after they they came out, they were then pirating the games. Uh, really? Just because, yeah, it was so easy. Uh, that 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 was the problem. That's that's part of what sunk the the Dreamcast. So what? Just literally copying the discs. Simple as yeah. that. Yeah, uh, not quite as easy as that. But the, there were a, a couple of programs that you could just download and use that that kind of let you off you go. You know. Um, wow. Because yeah. those were back in the days where consoles, I, I remember people, I never did it with mine, but I heard people going, oh, you, you, you want to get your, your PlayStation chipped, they would say. Yep. I mean, I never, I still don't really understand what that meant. I guess putting some kind of solder in some kind of chip to the board that bypassed something or other. Pretty much, yeah. And then what, you can just play whatever games you want if you burn yeah. it to a disc. Yeah. Um, so it would, would disable the, the copy protection in one way or another. Um mm. I've no idea if that exists on, on modern consoles. Well, I uh, doubt it, because so much of it, it all kind of phones home, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it being on the um, on the original... Like, on, on the original Xbox, and then on the Xbox 360. I remember there, there being a possibility of, of chipping them. Um, so, I mean, what, what are we talking about after that? Um, the Xbox One, isn't it? Yeah, I think, and then yeah. that's PS4 and Xbox One territory, isn't it, then? Yeah, so really just the, the most recent generation, I think. But maybe it's just that I've not been looking. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of stuff out there I just don't know about. Yeah, I feel very much like that with anything to do with gaming, just like you know, the guys at work, whenever they talk about it, you can tell they're so into it. And I'm just like, this is a whole world I I just have nothing to do with anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and there was a time when you know I, I played loads of Xbox, but now I'd, I don't know. I don't feel like I've got the attention span necessarily to invest into a really heavy game like I used to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just in a different different phase at the minute, what with Charlie and Oliver being around. like It doesn't seem appropriate for me to just sit and play a game for six hours or whatever because it's like there's loads and loads of other stuff that needs to happen that I should be involved with, really. So, yeah. Well, who knows? Um, there may come a time where I get back into it, but then if I do have any free time, I just want to code. Yeah, same. Likewise, um, I, I I can't really justify sort of hours on on a game when I want to be coding my apps. It's it's just sort of because the making the apps wins. You know that is what I want to do more. So yeah, it sort of becomes this like um, I had a copy of the Doom, like the most recent Doom for the uh, for the Xbox Three. I'm trying to think, no, it's not an Xbox Three Sixty. This is how out of touch I am for the Xbox One. That, that my kids play on. Um, picked up. A oh, so you've got one in the house then? Yeah, we've got one in the house. The kids play on it. They they play two player games generally. Uh, and like I say, I picked up a copy of Doom um, that was uh, second hand and and you know decent price sort of thing. And I've not completed it. I picked that up maybe fourteen fifteen months ago and played it probably about halfway. And yeah, I just haven't made the time. Yeah, and I always find that like, well, the last game I tried to play properly was either Grand Theft Auto Five and Halo Four. And I remember with Halo Four, I played it for a little bit, and this is before I had kids or anything like that. And I, I just didn't play it for ages. And then I thought, oh, I'll go back and play some Halo Four. And I didn't have a clue where I was. I'd forgotten all about the storyline. What you know, where I where my place was in that storyline. And in the end, I was like, oh, I just, I can't be bothered. <laughs> and then with, with Grand Theft Auto 5, I think um, 
there was one mission where I turned into a dog. I had to play as a dog. <laughs> and I was kind of like, well, I don't want to play as a dog. And I just put it down and never picked it up again. Yeah, just lost and, your interest. Yeah, to me, it was just like the fact that I, my reaction was like, oh, I'll just put it down and won't bother playing it then. Showed that it never really had me. I never was like, you know, into it in the first place. Yeah. Um, I was just playing it because it was a new Grand Theft Auto game and I thought I should go out and buy it because I'd bought all the previous ones when I was more into it. So I just yeah. just went out and bought it just because. And I kind of when I got it home, I was like, can I really be bothered to play this? I, again, that was kind of when I was in like sort of armchair territory coding that. Um, yeah. Also learning a lot about iOS as well because I felt like I was learning a lot about iOS as I was building armchair. So that was always in my mind, really. Whenever I was playing a game, I was just thinking about stuff like that. And eventually it just... Yeah, it's got to the point where it kind of seems, seemed a bit pointless, really. Hence, I haven't got any of the new consoles at all. Like, the newest thing I've got is a is a 360. Right, yeah. But in terms of enjoyment, I'm getting an awful lot out of, like, the old retro consoles at the minute because it's very kind of casual, isn't it? You can just pick it up and put it down. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to commit that big block of time. And No, exactly. And you know, especially with like the, the Sega Drive, uh, Mega Drive games, or Genesis, as I think it was called in America. You know, now with emulators, you can save because, of course, on the Mega Drive, you couldn't <laughs> really save unless you got some kind of like code or something when you completed a level. Oh, Sonic with a save! Yeah, Sonic with a save. I mean, I might actually stand a chance of completing it because I never completed it as a kid. No, me either. I'd always get to like level seven, and I was like, "Wow, I've got to level seven. Then I'd like die or something, and then that'd be the end of it. I'd start all over again." like green hill zone or whatever it was <laughs> did you um see the steam link is now available in the app store yes yeah they they persisted changed a few things and, and apple have let them through in the end yeah that's really cool um i hadn't saw about that yesterday i'm quite excited about that trouble is now i've sold my imac and my macbook i'm running it off the integrated gpu because otherwise it kernel panics I don't really have anything to play it with because <laughs> my, my initial reaction was oh great i'll use the again the, the nimbus steel series controller on the apple as you know bluetooth to the apple tv and i can maybe play a bit of half-life 2 or some i think i've got a call of duty game on there that's mac compatible um but yeah i don't actually have anything it kind of dawned on me afterwards <laughs> so that's a bit sad but very very cool i love the idea of it yeah did you see that um leak about the well not a leak a rumor um about a potential mac pro design yeah <laughs> that was so fake i yeah. think I yeah hope. just just like all the wording <laughs> was all wrong like errors just like i think the way they were saying things like display port or thunderbolt they're just like using lowercase letters where it should have been uppercase stuff like that yeah. just like rookie stuff but you never know what, what we know the 19th of may as we record this yeah so we're basically two weeks away. Two weeks tomorrow, right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was three. That's yeah. So was I until I just d- did the math. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so two weeks tomorrow, we could have a much better idea of what this Mac Pro is going to be, and also there could be this rumored sixteen-inch MacBook potentially. There could be a load of other stuff. Um, it's just yeah. I feel yeah. I feel like I've got a lot going on at the minute there's lots of kind of irons in the fire that are taking my attention and yeah dub dub just keeps creeping on me like big time and yeah. it's kind of nice when it gets close like this and you've almost forgotten because yes yeah, it's, it's really exciting i can't wait yeah I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it in a sort of kind of christmas kind of way this year 
Yeah, hundred percent. It is like Christmas for developers, isn't it? In a way, or just Apple nerds in general. Yeah, it always feels like the big one. Like this, this is this is the big the big one of like all the shows we're going to get this year. I think. Um, I mean, the iPhone ones are always a big deal, but I, I don't know. Like, we've, I'm not even considering getting the new iPhone this year, and this is like no. year two for me. So really, this should be my year if you think about it in those terms. Like in in like this old should be your upgrade year. This is my like when my contract would be up. But of yep. course, I I bought the phone outright, so I don't really want to buy another one outright because that'll cost loads of money, and I don't really want to go on another expensive contract. And when I look at it, the iPhone 10 is there's nothing wrong with it. It's perfect. It still feels. I still think of it as my new iPhone. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I'm sure they'll come out with, you know, the A, was it 13 chip? It'll be this year. It's better and the cameras are better and we're doing computational photography better and there's a neural engine that does an even better job at making the, you know, the bokeh effect yeah. on portrait mode. But there'll be all things that will be very nice a little bit later on as well. That's the other thing we're kind of into features that you can do without. Yeah, it's like the low-hanging fruit's been had, isn't it, in a way? Yeah. And, you know, again, talking to people at work about it and someone else is in the same position as me. They've got an iPhone 10, they had it on launch day, contracts up. And it's like, well, I might just go on a SIM only thing, just buy a SIM, <laughs> now I'm out of contract and save myself a fortune because the iPhone 10 is still really good. I think back to when I had my iPhone 4 and that was like a two-year thing and then from the 4 I went to the 5 and from the 5 I went to the 6. And I remember... Towards the end of the two years with the four, I forget what iOS version we were on. I don't even know if it was called iOS at that point. It still could have been iPhone OS. But I remember when it, I upgraded to the latest one and that made my iPhone 4 feel so, so slow. Yeah. Almost like like you really need to upgrade this thing. And and I just can't see that happening anytime soon with the iPhone 10. I mean, my iPhone 6 that Heather's now using... That's still fine for the most part. Sometimes, like when she hands me it, like just to use if I need to use it for whatever. Yeah. Part of me thinks, I mean, I'd probably still be fine with this phone to be quite honest at this point, um, considering all I seem to do is just go on Twitter and take a few photos. <laughs> uh, so I, I almost feel bad in a way that I um, sort of indulged in the iPhone 10 even two years on having owned it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm really pleased I have it. But I, I probably would be fine on an iPhone 6 at this point, even today. Maybe mm. put a new battery in it. But other than that... So, yes, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't feel particularly particularly interested in the new phones. I'm, I'm glad they're going to come out with new phones, but... Like I say, it's, it's kind of speed bumps now in a lot of ways for me. Um, I, obviously, I was very, very interested in having a, a 10R so I could play with Face ID and that side of stuff. Um, but beyond that, you know, it's, it's, it's a speed boost, a better camera. And, and that's what I'm kind of getting out of a new phone now, rather than this sort of like, you know, well, Hey, I can now do all these other things. Um, and I actually have to think back a little way before, um, I kind of uncover those, those sort of things. Um, the, the, the last one that I really, really remember is sort of singing out as being you know, a major shift for me um was was actually the uh the move from sd to hd video and that's quite a way back that was like either the 4s or the or the 5 um 
you know, being able to record uh, HD video on my phone on on this device that is with me all the time in my pocket. That, yeah. that, that was a big deal to me at the time. Um, and you know, these days I'm recording at 4K and just not really thinking about it anymore. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I look back, sort of I went, I skipped the original iPhone, and then the next big upgrade was obviously the 3G. Then from there I went to the 4, so the big upgrade there was Retina. Yeah. Then I went to the 5, and the big upgrade there was kind of bigger screen and also better camera. Yep. Then I went from 5 to 6, and the big upgrade was even bigger screen and Touch ID and even better camera. Yep. Then I went from 6 to 10, where the 10 was kind of OLED, edge-to-edge, and Face ID, and even better cameras. Yep. And now it's kind of like, just better cameras. <laughs> to me, that's not <laughs> enough. It's like there was always some big feature, and better cameras and better processor. And now it's like, yep. oh, where's that big feature? Where's where's the where's the motivation to to upgrade? And for me, it's just not there right now. So, So I feel like... The uh, the moment that we're looking for now is is not going to be an iPhone in terms of like that that next kind of product that everybody has to have, and I mean we've talked about it a load of times, but I, I kind of see this as being if if Apple are going into making um, an augmented reality uh, set of glasses or something like that, then I think if they do it right, that's going to be that that product, and it mm-hmm. it won't be the phone, uh, the, and then that's going to be interesting in terms of how they market that and what it is. And, and it's probably going to be very similar to the watch in terms of being something that relies on having the phone, you know, to, to, to make it useful. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't think we're going to see that this year, but we might see some of the indications of it. Yeah. Um, and we are kind of seeing indications in as much as, the AR things that they're pushing on the phones. Cause to me, it's, it's just so clear. It's like, this is never going to be that great on the phones just because of the, the form factor of the phone. It's limited by it being on the phone. Yeah. But you're kind of educating the user base ahead of time. You're educating your developers ahead of time. So that when these glasses come out, it's like, Hey guys, remember all that AR stuff you've learned? Yeah. You can put it on these glasses. Um, and also then that kind of, when you know, I was just kind of saying a minute ago. Oh, well, you know, just 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 a speed bump. That's not enough to make me want to buy a new phone. Well, actually, if my phone then is kind of the sort of providing the horsepower to drive the AR experience, if they come out with a new chip in the new phone that actually enhances the AR experience to take it to the next level, that is a very good reason to upgrade your phone. Then, if you're also an AR glasses user, yep. Um, I don't know if you saw it, it was floating around Twitter tonight actually, um, this guy made a thing where you with your phone, you sort of scan a Mac keyboard like a, well like the keyboard I've got here on, on the desk, that you get with like an iMac yeah. and then it augments an iMac in front of you huh. it's, it's incredible I'll, have to, I'll put it in the show notes if I, if I can remember I'm terrible at putting things in the show notes um, but yeah, it's just Again, it just made me start thinking about all these things. Like, if if you have an iPhone in your pocket that is powerful enough to be a sort of to drive a desktop computing experience, and you got a set mm-hmm. of glasses, you could just augment your Mac anywhere. Sit yeah. down at any table and just augment a Mac. Um, that the, the possibilities are so exciting with that. I can't I can't wait to see what what happens. It's going to be amazing. 
Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm hoping we get um, some indications out of Dub Dub for something like this, you know, beyond what we've had so far. And I, I can't really put a finger on what that would be. Um, I think we're going but, to see it in the phones this year, kind of with the sort of Face ID tech on the back camera as well, so it can almost do sort of room scanning versus just using the cameras to calculate depth and distance. Uh, that'd be good. That'd be very, very useful. Yeah, and then that's obviously what they're probably going to put in the glasses, isn't it? So that, you know, if you want to have a, a, a good AR experience and have things positioned accurately within the room, they, they're going to need a, a, as as sophisticated a, a tracking system as possible. And obviously if you're spraying out 100,000 IR dots over the stuff, you know, your, your surroundings that are in front of you, that's going to go a long way to help there, I think. So again, it's all this tech that we're seeing in the phones, and it's, yeah, it's nice, it's good that it's in the phones, but I don't think that's kind of its ultimate purpose. No. Its ultimate purpose is to end up in the glasses. It was almost like this is, almost like we're sort of being guinea pigs in a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We shall see. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, just, let's get Dub Dub out of the way first, so I guess before we start looking <laughs> for, ahead to the iPhone event. But then that will creep up on us as well. Um, you know, summer yeah. will come and go, and then it will be iPhone event. Then it will be the October Mac event and iPad event. I mean, hopefully Winter. we'll see this the new MacBook before. I mean, if it doesn't come in Dub Dub, hopefully we'll see whatever this MacBook is going to be by then in the October event. Um, but we'll, yeah, again, wait and see. Maybe getting ahead of ourselves. We should probably cool. talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> and <laughs> the, the launch of your app. You up for talking about that? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, Craggy, I, I put the app into the App Store last week and, and things kind of just sort of ground along, really. So, uh, the I, I got through App Store Review and we talked about that last week. That That was a bit of a process. Um, and then, so that was a rejection and then a resubmission. And then I, I kind of held on to the, uh, the awaiting developer release button. Uh, you know, so you can, you can have the app once it's been approved, just sort of held there and, and waiting for you to press the button to release. And I held on to that thinking, okay, right. I'm going to hit that probably yeah, Thursday night. Um, and then, cause I know like the app store takes a little while to sort of grind into gear. Um, so when you, when you publish the app, it takes a while for, for the app to be visible. Um, and so that's what I did. Uh, meanwhile, I was reaching out to, to different publications and different sites, uh, reaching out to people all over the place, actually, just seeing if there were people who had reviewed similar types of apps on YouTube, uh, sending people, you know, links back to the test flight build and that sort of stuff so they could have a play. Uh, and that didn't really seem to be getting getting anywhere. Uh, that, that was sort of, you know, I was sending all of these these emails out and just getting no real response. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, it's really kind of disheartening at that stage. But I mean, you know, fourth fourth app of my own, I, I know that that is how things sort of work, and and I was kind of expecting some level of that. It just makes it hard to kind of keep persisting. You know, you you, you put stuff out and you sort of think okay, is there really any point if nobody's going to cover it or reply? Uh, and meanwhile, Thursday came up here in New Zealand and I'd sort of said, yep, I'm going to be pushing the button on Thursday night. So I did. And I pushed the button and I, I only uh, selected New Zealand and the UK 
as the territories for it to exist in to, to begin with. Thinking, well, okay, I'll see that go go through those territories tonight. I can ask people I know in the UK to check it out, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can check in New Zealand, see if everything's looking great, and then kind of push it to the other territories on Friday here. And it never showed up. And normally within mm, three or four hours, there's visibility of it in one way or another. Um, even if you can't see it in the search results, you can usually go to your um, the, the developer's apps, um, like my previous apps, and then look to see in there, and it will show um, along with the other apps that I've put out. So, yeah, that, that carried on, and, and I sort of thought, okay, I'm getting a bit worried here. And then on Friday, I, I'd um, checked Twitter and, and reached out to a couple of other people and sort of found that other people were having the same sort of experience that actually pushing new versions and brand new apps in the app store just wasn't sort of working. And I had a whole moment of like, oh, am I even going to be able to launch this weekend? You know, if Apple aren't actually publishing my app, this this could be a problem. Um, yeah, it's quite a system-wide thing, wasn't it, with the app store? Because I saw Michael Arment was tweeting that he was trying to get a new build of Overcast out, I think. Um, yeah. Becky had the same issue with SnapThread, I think. Um so yeah, kind yep. of bit of a problem, I guess, from for Apple. Yeah, um, the the hamsters on the wheels in their uh, <laughs> data center must have fallen off. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, I was I was in that sort of like, okay, am I even going to be doing a launch this weekend? I might have to actually just sort of stay quiet, wait until the beginning of next week, and and kind of push it then. Um, and then something just clicked and it was available and brilliant. I, I could see it. And and in that point I'd already kind of selected all the other territories as well, because I thought if there's any delay on this, I may as well just push it everywhere and, and, and you know, trust that everything's going to be okay. And so it was available. Brilliant. Ta-da. And then something a little later happened. And I can't remember exactly when it was I, I found out about it. I think it was um, Friday night here in New Zealand. We'd gone out to the shop and, and uh, we were on our way back. Uh, my wife was driving, so don't worry. I wasn't looking at my phone while I was driving. <laughs> um, but I got a message and I checked a couple of things and somebody said, hey, the, your app's on uh, 9 to 5 Mac. And uh, yeah, I was absolutely blown away. It's, it's like the biggest coverage I've ever had ever and i thought whoa they've uh you know they actually did read my email that's brilliant um and the, and the review is reasonably favorable um it, it points out the fact that it is essentially a bit of a tech demo as far as an app goes and and needs a little little bit uh doing to it to sort of round it out and, and be more of a valuable app and i think that's fair uh but uh, Otherwise, it's a favorable review, and it got my app out there in in front of people. Um, and so, yeah, it's been just a bit of a blur since then, really. Uh, I kind of think if that had happened to me, I would almost have panicked in a way, almost like I'm not ready for this kind of exposure, and like, is everything yeah. going to be okay? Yeah. I, I don't know, did you have similar kind of feelings when that happened? I did on Saturday. Um, so if you think about it, Friday night here in New Zealand and then into the Saturday and essentially what was happening was that, uh, people were seeing this, um, online to five Mac and then loads of other sites picked it up as well. 
Uh, so once nine to five Mac covered it, other, other Mac related sites were all around the world were kind of just copy and pasting what they posted. Um, Surely that's not allowed. <laughs> well, you can tell by some of the way the articles were written that they were kind of respins of what Nine to Five Mac had said, um, or some of the um, non-English sites were kind of almost just Google translated copies. Really? Um, yeah. O- other sites covered it quite quite genuinely, and I think it just put it on their radar, and they went, "Yeah, cool, we'll, we'll post this." Um, if I look down, I've, I made a list actually of, of the places that um, I, I noticed on on Saturday and Sunday, um, and Cult of Mac picked it up as well, which I was really really proud of. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. Pretty much equally as proud as as Nine to Five Mac grabbing it. To be honest with you, that's quite quite an accolade. Uh, yeah, so and, and they covered it. Like I said, they, they they wrote their own review and everything else. Um, so not not everywhere's copy pasting it but but there's a lot of sites out there that do just kind of exist to to propagate um and that's a sad indictment isn't it really yeah but for me it's no bad thing you know (laughs) yeah no no complaints in in this context um but then that whole thing of like being a little uneasy and a little bit kind of oh okay um that that hit me on saturday here i started getting negative reviews um and that that really worried me. I thought I've put this out into the world, and everybody hates it. And I sort of went from being cloud nine to to cheering about it being covered, uh, through to kind of rock bottom of like, why did I even bother? I had a, had a few of those moments with it. Like, should, uh, I, should I pull it from the store? Kind of thoughts or stuff like uh, that. Gauging whether there was some major problem that I really needed to to sort on the spot or what uh yeah for sure i didn't really think about pulling it from the store as much as yeah do i need to kind of scramble to to change something or update something and the long and the short of it is is that people will complain more often than they they tell you something's good uh so it's kind of no surprise that with a fair amount of coverage and and a reasonable amount of people uh, buying and downloading the app certainly for for the weekend over those days it was sort of present um in, in the news cycle um it's kind of telling that yeah the first thing i heard were, were, were negative reviews and then, then i've had a few positive and that sort of offset the balance it's not completely a one-star app i think it's tracking at, th- at three stars at the moment which i'd be happier if it was four or five but i'm, I'm happy it's not sort of stayed on a one star uh and yeah the reality is is that yeah people will complain before they uh big you up uh and the the frustrating thing is is that people complain in an app store review with a one star and they'll say something that's completely useless you know they've taken that time to sort of say doesn't work or something (sighs) as, as like blunt as that and it's like Okay, you, you you went all the way through to the review and did that. Uh, I would have sooner you emailed me, please, because I, I could have fixed something. And and actually, to be fair, one person who who left me a review, I'm pretty sure they've then followed up with the uh, the support email box that I've got uh, because I've left developer responses and I've asked people if they're having problems to contact my support email address. Um, I also include it in the app; it's on the website. There's a there's a, a contact form and that side of stuff to do that. 
Um, and one person has actually uh, come back with uh, uh, some steps for me to reproduce this this really finicky little bug that's that's quite a specific thing, um, which isn't happening for the vast majority of people, but it is happening for that person. Uh, so I stand a chance of being able to fix that for them and, and hopefully anybody else who has that similar sort of circumstance. Uh, so that's been good. At least one person has actually sort of you know, done the doing and, and given me a bit of uh, detailed feedback. Mm. Um, but yeah, Saturday was was quite a sort of like, hey, oh, hey, oh, kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Because in a way, it's like, I know the coverage on 9 to 5 and Cult on Mac is like, it's kind of what we all aspire to, isn't it? When you re- you launch an app, you think that's that's like the cherry on the cake. It's like, yeah. But also, that same exposure could almost open you up to a whole avalanche of negative feedback and yep. You know, like, do you go to sleep the night that it's gone into nine to five Mac and all that kind of thing, and then you wake up and then like your inbox has got like three hundred messages in it, and it's like, oh no, I'm drowning, and it's all yep. gone wrong. It's like that's where I maybe it's just me being like overly negative, but that's where I would start to worry. I think I would initially be like, yes, amazing, and then I'd be like, yep. oh god, like now that now now the floodgates have potentially opened in a bad way against me. Yeah, it was very much a. Uh, I'm glad I had nothing specific planned on Saturday. Uh, that that you know would have meant I couldn't respond to to these things as they came up, and and I did. I woke up on on Saturday morning, and one of the first things I saw was the push notification from the Connect app with the one star app. So that was that was quite a sort of like okay, that's that's setting the tone for my day. Uh, I think had it been a an app with a server side component or anything that sort of required a level of support in that way. Uh, I would have been feeling uh, quite exposed as an indie app developer. I think that would have been a moment where I would have wished I had a team. Uh, so for this app, thankfully, it's it's been only a few, only a few one-star reviews. It's just they were coming through reasonably fast on Saturdays as uh, people were getting interested in the app and, and downloading it. Um, and like I say, a very minimal amount of support requests as well. So... You know, you add it all up, and I haven't actually had to spend that much time responding to these things. It's just that it was coming through intermittently. Um, and like I say, in the kind of glory moment of being so cheered that uh, that I'd had this coverage, it, it was it was this really polar opposite kind of feeling. Um, but I feel like it's kind of come through that the other side as the news cycle has died down, um, as other people have kind of uh, given me more positive feedback as well. Um, and I've seen some of the stats in terms of like people who've who've bought the app and that side of stuff as well. That that's kind of offset it because I'm aware that now the volume of people that have bought the app is is uh, a fair bit greater than the amount of people who've left any any sort of review. You know, if that that, that number of reviews is is um, it's uh, quite a bit less than the people who've actually downloaded the app, which means that the vast majority of people have downloaded it played with it and been quite happy with it so Good result. yeah yeah a positive result and and now i've also got some feedback and bits and bobs that mean that i can update the app over the next two or three weeks um and push out a, a meaningful update so that that's kind of all i asked for really you know let, let let me know what to uh what to improve i can improve it put out a uh a decent update and then end up with an even better app. 
That's awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah. Kind of like a nice, uh, nice bit of news to have on the show, isn't it? That you know, even with a paid up front app, which is almost like yeah, you know, the narrative around a paid up front app is like, oh, paid up front, that will never work. Yep. But actually, you've kind of proven it can work. Um, yeah, and you know, I, th- I think a lot of the the talking points on this show, especially surrounding me having to kind of shut up shop with my app company that I had. Obviously, I'm in the process of rebooting my efforts there, but it's not been good news on the whole, I wouldn't have said on this show, for like <laughs> in terms of being an indie developer. So it's nice to have a good bit of some good news coming through from, from you on that. I think that's brilliant. Um, Thank you, mate. I'd be interested to see kind of how long a tail that this um, that this has. I think it's going to be quite short. I think the tail on this is is quite directly related to the coverage. And I'm not sure it's going to kind of keep kicking up um, uh, like events and coverage that um, put it in, in front of people. So the, there's a sort of echo um, through the news sites and, like I say, sites that have copy and pasted and that sort of stuff. Um, there's this kind of echo as it then uh, rolls around the world and through people's feeds, and that that's awesome. But it only lasts for a day or two, and, I, and I'm already seeing that it's it's dropped right off. So. Yeah, I mean, I think probably come this time next week, things will have kind of dwindled down to probably quite a very, uh, a very regular, you know, maybe a sale here, a sale there, one or uh, two a day kind of thing. Yeah, I suspect so. Yeah, um, but that that's okay. I mean, with this app, it was very much a case of I just wanted to get something out there, and I kind of wanted to have a play with the uh, the depth data and and do something fun with it, and I've achieved that. You know, it's achieved its goal. It, it's given me experience of the release process again as well. Uh, and I can see now how I can make the app even better. So that's good. I've, I've got, a, you know, quite a, a feel on what to do next. And then probably a couple of updates out from now. The app will be almost done. You know, it's prob- there's, there's a limit to how far you can take a, a quite a sort of novelty, pay, playful app. Um, and then at that point, I've actually got ideas for how I can expand this into something that's um, a bit more of a tool for musicians. Um, something that will, will hopefully enable people to do just that little bit more. Um, that's going to take a little bit longer to develop, but but I've got a very clear kind of next step after AirSynth in, into another app. That's cool. Um, yeah. So so hopefully maybe. And I'll, I'll say a time now, and I won't hit it because that's the way this goes. But hopefully, maybe three or four months from now, um, I've got another app beyond AirSynth Air that kind of builds on this sort of stuff yeah. um, that I can also put out into the world. That's cool. It's uh, I mean, even if you say, even if it does drop down to like one or two sales a day, what is it? One ninety nine. Yep. Yeah, it's one ninety nine at the moment. Okay, so let's say you get two a day. Uh, what's that? Four pounds times that by thirty days in a month. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not a salary, but it's not to be sniffed at, is it? Even no, once Apple have taken their thirty percent and you pay tax and stuff like that on it, it's still a little bit in your pocket. So, yeah, and if it carried on like that as a as a trickle for for the next year, I'd be very happy. You know yeah. that 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 would make it an absolutely to me that would would make it a valid use of my time because I was kind of going to do this anyway, one way or the other. Um, so to get anything back for for the app, 
um, is a bonus. You know, if I'd launched it and nobody picked it up, I would still have been happy to just have it out in the world. Yeah. Um, so, so it really is kind of a bonus sort of thing. Um, obviously, I'm very glad, I'm very appreciative that it, that it's had the coverage and and that people have have got something out of the app. That's great. Uh, but that yeah, um, it, any kind of payback for for the effort that I've made is is really appreciated because that wasn't the goal. You know, I mean, the goal the goal was never to try and sort of make a load of money with this or anything like that, and to make some money is is a, a really cool thing. Um, and it validates the fact to me that that I was onto something with the idea in general, um, which you know I didn't know whether it was just going to be something that I liked to play with, and and everybody else kind of looked and went, "Yeah, all right, mate." <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and actually, I've had those moments. You know, when I've showed friends and other people, they've been a bit like, "Okay, you know, you're, you're controlling it by waving your hand over the phone. Is that really, really that cool?" And I'm like, well, I find it cool. I find it fun. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's a nice bit of novelty to it, isn't there? Yeah. Which, which I think kind of makes it a bit of an impulse purchase. And like you say, it may not have a long tail on it, but like you say, that wasn't the motivation. Um, right. And it's good that you've done, you know, you've had some good exposure. And if it trickles down to one or two a day for the next year, then that's... Uh, that's great. I mean, you haven't poured loads into this, have you, in terms of hours and resources and things? So, not really. I've, yeah, I've still been having normal weekends. You know, obviously, yeah. I've put a fair few Sunday mornings and afternoons and stuff to the towards it. Um, if I was to to estimate the dev time, I reckon there's probably there's probably um, a week and a half to two weeks full time effort that's been right. kind of sliced up. You know, if you think like a, a normal five-day week, if I was to sit down, um, you know, at the start on a Monday, I'd be popping back out a week Friday from that with what I've got. Um, yeah. You know, but that includes sorting out the screenshot process that I automated and spent a fair bit of time on. It includes putting together the uh, the landing page um, and all that side of stuff as well. But, you know, the dev on the app has been, um, it's been quite light overall in a lot of ways. Um, not least of which was was just a learning process with with kind of playing with this data and, and making the control system work and learning how to write uh, synths and that sort of stuff as well. So it's just been fun. It's been a fun process. Uh, uh, this is, happy for you, man. Yeah. It's good. Cheers, dude. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFR Podcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z, and you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHeads spelled with a Z. How about you Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot.